before we get started, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which we produce this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Hello, welcome to another episode of What a Great Punk, a podcast by Jamie and Todd from Australian punk band These New South Wales. How you going? If you're just new here, check out our music. You can find it on all streaming services, Spotify, Apple. You can find us on Instagram at These New South Wales with a W-H. Uh, we also have a, a Comedy Central mockumentary series, which is all available for free now on YouTube. So you can just type These New South Wales into YouTube and the rest will be history. Um, if you want to support the pod, head to our Patreon where we release bonus episodes every week. That's patreon.com forward slash whatagreatpunk. We're super excited about today's episode. We have Adrian Grenier joining us for the first time on our pod. It's going to be an awesome chat. So let's let's kick this fucking thing's head off. Catchy smile. You got that catchy smile. Stop a while. Come back with that catchy smile. Come back, baby, we'll fly away. Come back, we'll just fly away. Together, baby, but don't tell your nonna. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> How are you? So, yeah, my, my wife, I'm in the, in the boonies out here. Yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the bogans, the, the, United, the American bogans. <laughs> How's my salad, though, huh? Your salad? How's the salad? <laughs> Your hair. <laughs> I never heard that one before. That's good. I stole that from Jerry Ferrara on Entourage. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That was his, his line. I don't know where he got it from, but I don't think he invented it. But I heard it, and I was like, oh, it's too good. That yeah. is really good. Because, you know, you have a toss... You have a tossed salad, you throw in some mm. dressing. For sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to- like uh, tossing tossing, tossing your sa- tossing your salad is also like a sexual um, thing as well, isn't it? Like, can't it be used in that context? Why not? I think you can find a way. Yeah. <laughs> I've got kind of like a, my hair's a bit long at the moment, so I've got like a cold noodle salad kind of going on. Yeah. yeah, nice. Yeah, see? <clears throat> hey, Adrian, by the way, this is Todd. Hey, nice to meet you. Oh, what's up, man? How you doing? So, what you 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 said um, just before before we hit record that you're you're out with the bogans the, with with the American bogans in in Austin. Yeah, not to be offensive, not, not to no, insult no, no. real bogans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that was uh, maybe that was strictly off pod off pod comment. <laughs> is bogans like is that considered a derogatory? Yeah, I think so. More like it definitely definitely is and definitely probably was more so i think people sort of wear it more as a badge of honor now mm. Mm. yeah you can call me whatever you want and arose by any other name as far as i'm concerned <laughs> stop and smell the bogan yeah <laughs> there is actually a flower called a boganvillea isn't there there is yeah yeah it's like a vine kind of grows and i'm just imagining someone like taking a, 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 a pause and going and smelling a bogan's salad. I've tossed a bogan's <laughs> salad or two in my time. And there you, there you cross the line. Look at yeah. you. Yeah. Whoopsie daisy. We brought, we brought you to the line, and you just had to step over it, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Hang on. Why don't we just give, provide a little bit of context, <clears throat> Adrian, about how we, how we came to know each other? Yeah. So clickbait, clickbait. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met on the set of clickbait shooting um just pre and then also during covid Mm. Mm. before covid and then we had we had a month left of shooting and then they they pulled the plug everybody panicked like rats and ran to their little holes then many months later they brought us back to finish up or well they they brought me back you were done right at the time i think i had one one Pick up day left, but yeah, I was done mm. for the most part. Pick up day, mm. yeah. So we, we met on the on the set of a that that uh, mini series, eight part series on Netflix, and it's coming out this month, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, damn, that's exciting. August twenty five. There it is, day and date across the globe. Yeah, 
And it's funny that you bring up the the, the just pre-lockdown thing because I had forgotten about that. But I remember mm. the day that I wrapped, I think the next day was the first day of an Australian lockdown. Mm. So, li- literally finished it up right- Yeah, it started to creep in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we picked you up from set that day, Jamie. Oh, you did? Yeah. So we went straight to the airport, remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I remember you and I, well, you and I were shooting in that alleyway or, you know, in that um, abandoned warehouse or whatever. Yes. Or actually, no, they, they were actually, as a factory, they were making stuff. But um, I remember we were like, are they going to, like, stop shooting because we're all yeah. here still working and the whole world <laughs> is locking down. So, we were like, yeah. well, I guess, I guess we don't care. And then, like, the next day it was like, we care a lot. We're shutting everything mm, down. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Jamie was like, man, I just spent three weeks growing this moustache and now what, <laughs> what was that for? Yeah. Um, that wasn't, that's not your normal look? I never, I never, I've, I've had a, I have, look, I'm lying actually. I have had a moustache before, but no, it's definitely not my normal look. I, I, my, 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 I've got. I, that's I have, how I knew you, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that bugs me out a bit. Like when you, because yeah. you meet someone, like a moustache is a big move, right? And so, and I've grown this moustache and I'm meeting people for the first time. And so, they probably have this sense that I'm a moustache man. Mm. And I'm, I'm not a moustache man. <laughs> <laughs> I think that says, um, it says a bit about you, Adrian, just seeing through the moustache on Jamie, seeing the real Jamie underneath when you met him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, and, I, and I did, luckily. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jamie was very uh, instrumental in holding me together during that time of isolation down in Australia. <clears throat> Excuse me, Australia. Um, I was so far removed from a lot of the stuff I'd been doing in New York or in, in the States. And so when we connected, I was like, ah, a, a brother. Yes, finally. Yeah, it was so nice. Um, yeah, I remember for, you know, like a, bi- a big part of the shoot, we were, we were working together and, you know, not really, you know, talking much outside of that or whatever, just do- doing our, our, our work. And I, I remember the evening that we kind of sparked up a conversation. Um, we're shooting a scene. At, it was a night, night shoot in that in that factory area and I remember between takes you were watching so um, enthusiastically <laughs> these videos on your phone you were just like you had your head buried in them yeah yeah and eventually I was like what what are you watching <laughs> and um, you were like oh I've got this I have this like list this playlist of kind of spiritual spiritual videos on YouTube I was like, oh, and and that kind of sparked a conversation because you know spirituality is something I'm really interested in and and practice, and we we kind of connected on that level, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Did I ever send you that list? I forget. You did send send it to me, and you know I don't okay, know. Okay, good. I don't know that I've really like uh, gone gone in on it, and I was thinking about that this morning before this, and like uh, it's such a massive. Are you still collating that list? No, uh, you know I I've been more. That I was in a period of, of deep learning mm. and inquiry. Um, so I was just ravenous looking for new information. You know, I'd been living my life in a certain way for so long. And then you realize, oh, man, I've been wasting all this time just spinning my wheels. And I really wanted to dig in and, some, and, and like just, you know, I was in that apprentice mind. Mm. And um, but now, um, now I'm sort of in a in a much more um, grounded and period of practice and like in, like embodying the things that I've learned mm. on a day to day basis instead of being too much in here. Yeah. Um, really, just trying to pra- like put it into practice. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I think that so when it comes to like spiritual concepts and teachers and all that kind of stuff. Eventually, there comes a point where you realize they're, they're more or less all talking about the same thing. They might have slightly different <laughs> words um, that they use, totally. you know, but eventually it all boils down to the same. They're all, they're all talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. And actually, like, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't talk about it regularly on pod, but I'm in a, in a 12-step program. Most of, most of the listeners know that. And 
my sponsor actually says that when I when I tell him about like I'm you know reading a new book or whatever he 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 kind of now just he's been he's been sober for nearly thirty years and he kind of just says like they're all just saying the same thing man just do just do it you don't need to read any more books <laughs> yeah I I still get I still get value I like listening to 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 these these texts in audio form um because I like in my mind I think that like being reminded of uh things constantly is a is a great way to it's it's like anything if you if for for me at the moment if if I'm not like hearing uh that 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 sort of content on a fairly regular basis then I will you know the grooves from the the, the bad grooves are so entrenched and so deep that I'll just slip back onto the mm. the old ways of thinking and the old ways of doing so for me it kind of needs to be constantly i like being having it just constantly filtered through my head yeah it's like keeping keeping the dishes clean you know you don't Mm. want want them to pile up yeah yeah so uh i I actually i find that um if i have a hard time sleeping and um you know maybe this isn't advisable but i listen to like alan watts oh you know, it's, and it's not, it's not, you, you don't grow attached to any one particular thing he says, but just being washed over with the prose and the eloquence and the, you know, the, the truth that he speaks and mm. to fall asleep and let it just seep in. Dude. You know, um, <laughs> I find the best, the best naps ever. Me too. It's like fucking, it's the most, you know, if you've had like, you know, a busy day or a stressful day. Every night, Kate and I chuck on either Eckhart Tolle yeah. or um, DeMello and I just put a half hour timer on and, you know, five minutes in, I probably fall asleep, but the, just that voice just seeping into your head is just like, just brainwash me, man. <laughs> yeah, and it's got to go somewhere. It, like, he's got to, you know, stick somewhere, right? I think. Mm. Maybe. Maybe maybe it's just lullaby and that's, that's really the meaning of it is just the, you know, the... Maybe there's just as much truth in a you know a, a non-verbal piece of music, right? That you fall asleep mm. to, and maybe mm-hmm. it is just music, uh, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, that, that's interesting that you say that. It's kind of unrelated, but something that um, reminds me of is uh, this, and I probably have said this. I know I've said this to you before, Todd, but this this quote of from David Lynch. Um, and I was watching a, an interview. I'd just seen My Holland Drive, and I was like, "Fuck, that is a such a good movie." And I went and watched his um, an, in, an interview with him about it. And the interviewer was like, "What is this movie about?" And he said, "Like, don't ask that. Don't ask that about. Don't ask that about this movie." He said, "You you, you wouldn't go to a an orchestra, sit and watch a symphony orchestra, and then ask the conductor what the." Yeah. What's that? What that was about? It's mm. like just let this film wash over you, and if you stop analyzing it yeah. and stop thinking, you'll f- you'll have a f- sense in your soul of what this movie is about. I like that. In <laughs> fact, I'm on a this week. I'm watching just uh, musicals, movies that are music based, uh, just as a theme, mm. and I feel like I could throw in Mulholland Drive for that for that reason. There you go. What um what have you got on your list? <laughs> well, we watched La La Land yesterday, which mm-hmm. I hadn't seen. Good. And then before that, we watched uh, Rock of Ages. Yeah, I I liked it. You know, I I you know, great great cast, great acting. They were they were like perfectly charming and delicious to to watch. <laughs> um, and. You know, and I and I and I grew up with musicals, so I I'm not offended when people start singing. I'm just like, oh yeah, of course they're singing. Mm. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, we we had Rock of Ages and um, Hedwig and the Angry Inch is a fam- favorite of mine. That that'll probably be on the list somewhere at some point. Have you seen that? No. no. What? What's it called? What's it called, Adrian? Todd, you play music? Yeah. I like musicals too. So you guys are both in the band or something? Yeah, we're in the band together. Okay. Yeah. So, guys, mm. do yourselves a favor. I'll watch Mulholland Drive with, you know, David Lynch's perspective in, in mind mm. as music 
to wash over me. And you guys watch yeah. Hedwig and the Angry Inch. It's fucking fantastic. Wow. Okay. okay. Just don't don't even watch a preview. Just just get into it. It'll blow your mind. I'll watch uh, that. I'll watch that this weekend. That's a promise. I've written it down and it's a hundred percent not spelled right, but I'll find it. Yeah. You're a good uh, Googler, Todd. You're a good yeah, at Googling. Thank you. thank you. Um Todd's favorite musical is Sweeney Todd, and it's not <laughs> just because his name is in the title. <laughs> Have you seen that one? Do you like that one, Adrian? I haven't seen that, no. Good. Oh, maybe you should chuck that in your list too. I love it. I love the songs. I like um, the songs. Okay. I like the, it's kind of set in like Grey Britain. Um, it's sort of kind of, yeah, I don't know. It's just really, really nice. You say Grey Britain or Great Britain? Grey. I call it Grey. It was oh, the Grey name Britain. of a Gallows album and that's how I explain things. But like, uh-huh. it's sort of like a kind of like that Jack, Jack the Ripper kind of era. Every, and like the movie... I, I, yeah, the, the setting of, sorry, the musical is like very sort of everything's gray and like dark and uncomfortable and, you know. Yeah. Okay. So if you're into musicals, are you a Phantom fan or a Les Mis fan? You know what? I've never seen Phantom. Don't, don't see it. Don't? No. Okay. Don't, don't watch it. No, no. Just stick with Les Mis. Yeah. I like Les Mis. Oh, yeah. it's so good. Yeah. Except I didn't like the movie version. Oh, except Anne Hathaway. I could only get like 10 minutes into that. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't like that. I mean, it's weird. I didn't like that, that the songs were natural and they were sung quite naturally. Mm, I wanted a yeah. little bit more perfection to lift, to lift off the screen, to suspend your disbelief <laughs> like it was larger than life. It was so naturalistic that you were just like, but um, yeah. Anne Hathaway on my own. Mm. Being like that, 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 just that, that's one take performance is worth the whole movie. It makes mind. it worth it. Yeah. Shit. I think, um, I couldn't really get past like, cause it, it's Russell Crowe and Hugh Jackman. Is that right? It's just a bit Russell too much. Crow, yeah. He's <laughs> a bit too Aussie. He's a bit stiff. Yeah. I just didn't want to see yeah. Russell Crowe earnestly singing at me within the first couple there of minutes. There is of the movie. a castle on a cloud. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> I like to go there in my sleep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I don't think anyone from Netflix listens to this um, podcast. So did you have fun on Clickbait? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is the, the, the truth room. <clears throat> well, it can be. Actually, I had a great time. I, and, and I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, but they sent me a little screener. Oh. It's really good. Get out of here. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I, you know, I, um, since this is the truth room, I usually get bored uh, mm-hmm. at, at, at many shows. I couldn't stop watching. It was, it was oh. very compelling. Mm-hmm. Damn, that's that good cool. news. Yeah. And and my partner, she 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 falls asleep within twenty minutes of most things. And <laughs> she was yeah. hooked. Maybe because I was in it, it had something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm barely in it. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I was um saying to Jamie, I've got a good feeling about this show. I think it's gonna do all right. Like it's, I haven't seen it obviously, but um, I've just got a feeling. You know, it's going to come out, I'm assuming, like, all at once globally, which is good. People mm. are going to watch it. And if you say it's good, Adrian, then we're on here, I reckon. Yeah, I, I think it's good. I'm glad to hear that. And, and, so, and I'm glad, also glad to hear that you sort of enjoyed um, working on it. What's your, what's your sort of, what's your headspace at with, with, with working from an act, acting standpoint at the moment? Like, are you, are you interested in working or are you not interested mm. in working? Yeah, well, I guess uh, I, I must have shared with you at the time that I, you know, was having some reservations about acting and, mm. you know, and that I had, I had decided actually while in Australia shooting clickbait that I was going to step away from acting um, formally, but... Let me, well, it was more that I, I had decided that I wasn't going to, to act for money. That I wasn't going to make decisions to be in anything or to act or to perform um, based on a financial equation. It was going to be based on, you know, spirit, soul, 
you know, story, like what we're, what we're trying to communicate, what we're trying to put out in the world. Um, because I was really craving um, just a different, I don't know, I just wanted, um, I wanted to be a lot more grounded in my life. And, you know, so many years in the business, um, getting swept away in egos and insecurities and, ex, you know, expo the exploitation of the business in so many different ways that I just, it, it's, and then then COVID hit and all the, I needed just to reevaluate and um, mm. take a step back and think about what, what the next 20 years of my life are going to be like. And um, mm. when I did, when I started to consider what that was going to look like, it was, uh, farm and family more than it was fame and fortune. The new FNF. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yet, and yet ironically, um, one thing that I've done is started a, an impact fund. So, mm. a little twist in, in, in the story because working directly with money, you know, but, mm. but specifically to heal or, or change our relationship to money so get into right relationship with money as a tool not as a goal you know and a lot of times in investments everyone's like well what's the roi what am i going to see how much money when you know mm -hmm. and then you know we sort of take in that model and we say okay let's let's make money sure but first and foremost let's look at businesses that have a felt return on connection and community and you're, you're actually experiencing the impact. So we call it YBM. So you have ROI, return on investment. We have YBM, which is yields beyond money. So what's the, mm. what are the metrics that are intangible, that are ineffable, that are just outside the boundaries of our calculators? Like what, what are these companies going to do in you know, the, the short term and the long term for the betterment of humanity and the world and planet? So, working with money, but still from just a different place, you know, I've been trying to survive and, you know, make money and accumulate mm. and get attention because I need love through acting. And, you know, it just it's all been flipped on its head since, since the, the past couple of years. And since, mm. wow. you know, Alan Watts, I guess. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Amazing. That's that's really great. So I mean, like, yeah, when 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 I met you, it, it you know you you were in the process, like you said, like you were in your sort of like apprenticeship, and there was the, I, you know we had a lot of discussions. There was a lot going on. It was like it seemed like you were in a massive life moment, like a little period of your life that you will always remember as as extremely significant. I'd say, right? Absolutely, yeah. And and I I didn't know what I was nothing. I was literally stripped away, bare when we met, mm. you know, and arguably all actors, they're, you know, empty inside, right? <laughs> they can just put on masks and just be everybody else for that, you know, the duration of the, the, the shoot. But I had, you know, been doing a lot of work to just, you know, get down to the core of like, who am I? And mm. when I looked, I was like, you could do better than that. And so I was struggling and seeking and, we met, and then since then, yeah, a lot, a lot of things have uh, congealed, and I feel a lot more solid. And so, this new, this new, um, like investment uh, company that you've started is kind of born of that period, right? To Contraventures. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'd been investing casually mm. on the side, just because I'd get a lot of opportunities for yep. certain reasons, and. Um, and my partner and I, and I said, look, you know, I, I am considering a career change. I want to try something new. I really believe that the, probably in, in my mind, the way I see it, the root of all of our dysfunction in, in society is the, um, the story that we've told ourselves that we are somehow separate from nature, separate from each other, that were alone and, and isolated. And so I wanted to try and heal that part of, you know, the, the collective imagination. And I'm like, money is actually, has been traditionally 
a, a tool of, of separation. You know, it, it abstracts truth from what is. It, it's sort of a, you know, by just, by its very nature, is just a, a, a placeholder for the thing. It's not the thing. So we start to equate that thing or money as having the value when it's actually the thing that has value that has the value. But we start to say, well, if I get more of these things, I can just transfer it to any thing I want at the moment. Um, but the problem is, because it's so so separate from the actual thing, people can hold on to it and hoard it and then you know use it as an excuse to exploit other things because it's it's the money that's being generated that matters uh so i read a book by charles eisenstein which i highly recommend oh cool um, called sacred economics fantastic fantastic book and 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 i read that and i was like ah that's what i want to do i want to i want to yeah realign value with our values mm. and work in investment to actually hold a standard for what we invest in because we, we have a saying that you know we borrowed a saying I don't, I don't remember who, who actually said it first but um, money is a tool and the spirit of the tool is determined by the hand of the user so we have to get get our heads right and, and be able to make healthy sense of the wor world by being honest with ourselves, honest with what is, take in accurate information, you know, be critical about what we're seeing and thinking and then work to find some ethical, moral truth and then use the tool to build the world that we see that's... Mm. Um, mm you know, get more aligned with what we, how we see the world accurately. Uh, but first it's, who are you? And like, how are you using this tool? Because it's just like, it's like any weapon or it's not like a, like a hammer is a tool, but it can also be a weapon. Money's the yes. same thing. It's a tool. You can use it to make really amazing things in the world, or you can, you know, hoard it and be greedy and pop bottles mm. all day long. Mm. Yeah. What an exciting new, like uh, chapter. Mm. What are um, some of the examples of um, thing, uh, businesses or sort of you're working with or investments that you've made? I, I saw that you um, one of them was around sort of reducing plastic and waste and sustainable consumption. Um, yeah, do you have some examples of some of the exciting stuff that you're doing? Oh, yeah. Um, so just a few. Blue Land, I think, is what you're referring to. Blue Land is a company that is eliminating single-use plastic in household cleaning products. So yeah, instead of it. going to the store and buying a bottle of plastic, or a plastic bottle rather, of basically mostly water and then whatever cleaning agent is mixed in with it, the shipping cost, the CO2 of, of the transport, uh, and then the plastic itself, and you're basically using water to ship around and shipping around water, Mm. They instead they send you a pellet like a compressed pellet it's like a like like a breath mint let's say <laughs> and then they send you a small little reusable tin and then you put the the compressed detergent in a reusable bottle fill it with water from home and now you have a cleaning agent you have hand soap you have dish mm. detergent you have laundry detergent. So it's virtually eliminating plastic by 99.99999%. Um, so that's one. That's one. Mm. Uh, and I'll just name a few. Um, yeah. There's a, a great company um, that actually, you know, it's, well, we'll say it's, it's, it's near you. It's down, down under, but it's in New Zealand. They, they, they come from New Zealand. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called Good4. And it's a zero plastic store, so basically a bulk store. But their their model is to make a really high end uh, cons customer experience. So you you go to like any of these bulk sections of any health food store, and they're they're kind of crummy in many ways. You know they don't they don't have the it, it people have, there's a barrier to entry because people don't feel like it's attractive or inviting. But mm. these stores like they're 
they're on point. It's like clean, really well organized, and um, disp the displays are, are gorgeous. And then they have people in there helping you actually get your your goods together, and it's all in you know reusable or um, glass containers. Mm. Yeah. So those are those are two. Yeah. I, I, mean, I I could keep going. We have about that's sixteen okay. companies. So. Yeah, mad. No, that's yeah, it's exciting. So these yeah. are companies that you are, are like investing in, basically. You're backing. Yeah, and and you know, furthermore, yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I'm investing, but right now what we're doing is we're raising money so that other people can invest with sure. us. Yeah, uh, and we've had some success. So you know, we, you know, I think we we can certainly um, protect your investment while also giving really. Um, uh, like values-based assessments of the company so that you, you feel like you're actually making an impact. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, there, there's just, there's just so many, op so many entrepreneurs out there that want to disrupt the system that has been established to purely make money at any costs, including costs to human health, the environment, etc. And, the, the, you know, there are boardrooms around the world that, you know, they can't, they're actually hamstring. They, they can't make those ethical choices because they'll be replaced because mm. the, the bottom line is more important than, mm. you know, anybody else, any, like human, human life or anything else. So we have to empower those young entrepreneurs to disrupt established industries. And that's not easy, right? So... Mm. We, it, the more support, the more financial support, the more uh, psychological report, the more uh, support, the, the, then they're going to actually have a, a solid chance at creating businesses that will be better for you and the planet and, and won't fail under, you know, sort of the, 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 the virtual monopolies that a lot of these paradigm companies have. And so people can, um, I'm guessing, Check out Decontra Ventures online. Yeah, so it's um, we're Decontra.ventures online, and you can see what we're up to. Um, we we're raising a sizable amount of money right now over the next eighteen months, and and then investing in probably 30, uh, 30 to fifty companies, in addition mm. to the ones that we have listed. Cool. Yeah. Oh man, that's so exciting! Congratulations on all that, Adrian. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And like, just to go back as well, like in, in what you were saying in relation to acting as well about like, because yeah, I do remember you were saying this is my last job. And, you know, that was in that period of transition for you. And, and it sounds like you've come back around to the idea of continuing acting, but choosing jobs that are going to be more sort of fulfilling for you. Yeah. You know, it, if it's deeply fulfilling, if it, yeah, I you know I totally would. I totally would. You know, I I was watching Ryan Gosling in La La Land, and I'm like, man, that that guy can he he's like you know he's rocking on the piano, he's singing. I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> um, or I could you know maybe we'll be in a, a movie about some band. Um, <laughs> hey, what's your what's your you write it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, you hear that? <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll write it. On the Patreon yeah. this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, no, Todd, Todd and I just, because we are writing buddies when we have a show together, Adrian, like a, I think I mentioned it at some point, but like a, we have a mockumentary about our band, like a Spinal Tap-esque mockumentary about our band. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we, we actually came up with a, a movie idea, which I won't um, bore you <laughs> with now, but, um, but on, like, cause on our Patreon last week, which is our, which is our private, uh, well, our subscribers, uh, version of this same podcast but um we ended up just kind of like writing this film while recording the pod and you know i can tell you the logline because a fan um sent in a suggestion for the logline which i'm so grateful for because this person fucking mm. killed it yeah and i was like i said to this dude are you a writer and he wrote back saying no i'm a shit doctor <laughs> 
It wasn't a shit doctor. It was like young or junior doctor or something, wasn't it? It says, nah, oh, I'm a really- Oh, he's a gastroenterologist? Sh- yeah, Dr. Death. <laughs> <laughs> no, he said, nah, I'm a really shitty junior doctor. Uh, but I was okay, like, man, so this shit. is fucking good writing. Okay, here it goes. You ready? Yeah. This, Adrian, you, you, this, is, this is the elevator pitch. Yeah. Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Embattled. If any, any, any logline that starts with embattled <laughs> is okay by me. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Embattled. All right, lo- you have 20 more seconds. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. It's your, it's your elevator pitch. Come okay. on, kid. Em- embattled long service bus driver and, and Elvis tribute artist takes on allegations that threaten to derail his dream of gaining free public transport in retirement. Oh wait! Once, once again. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Are you in or are you out? That's yeah. what. <laughs> I, 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 you know, it's nepotism. I have to be in. Yeah. Nice. Go ahead. Read okay. it again. Embattled long service bus driver and Elvis tribute artist. So he's a, he's a long service bus driver and Elvis tribute artist takes on allegations that threaten to derail his dream of gaining free public transport in his retirement. Yeah, so I guess what threw me off is the long. What's the long bus driver? Long, long uh, service. So he, long service. What yeah, is so, that? That's so he's been he's been in the uh, job. He's been in the job just three months shy of thirty years. So he's a long service. He's done his long uh, service in the mm. in the in the bus driving. We don't we don't have that yeah that <laughs> phrase here. So that, that threw me off. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, we can we'll we'll adjust we'll tweak it a little. Yeah, go back to, we'll go down back down to ground floor and try on the right. next try on the next guy. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm I, I'm definitely intrigued, and it's a comedy, so like I'm just imagining where yeah. that might go, right? It's an you underdog know. story. It's an underdog story. It's also like it's a um, it's a it's who? So the the bus driver's retiring, almost yeah. retiring. Yeah, he's yeah. he's about to retire, and then he, there's some allegations are made about him, and. The reason he has not retired yet is he's holding in there because when you get to 30 years of driving the bus in New South Wales, you get a gold bus pass, which means you can ride public transport for free for the rest of your life. Mm. So that's why he's that's right. why, still driving. Yeah, That's why he's still it's driving. <laughs> and how, how many months until he retires? Three. And the, the bus driving companies, like the, the higher powers are trying to take him out and he's mm. like, no, 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 no. Right, so I, 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 you know, if I can take a stab at something like, you know, you know, a month before or three months, if you can do it, a month before retirement, you know, and uh, a, a senior bus driver teams up with an Elvis comic. No, he book is writer. no, is no, no. Is? He's no. The bus driver is also an Elvis tribute artist, so he's like. Yeah, that's what he, he does. He, oh, yeah, and, that's his side. That's his side yes, job. Yeah, and so like bus driver by day, See, Elvis, tri- Elvis I, tribute artist by night. Okay, I got the sense that it was a bus driver and an Elvis. Oh, okay, <laughs> right? So, yeah, like two. Yeah, yeah. He's a two in one. He's a two for one package. This guy. Right. Okay. Um, Makes him a bit more endearing. I like it. I like it. I, you know, I, I, I think that doctor needs to stick to, to his, his job. Fucking so. <laughs> <laughs> stitched us up. That's really <laughs> Sorry, buddy. No, it was, it was good. It was good to no, have a road no. test. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you have to test it. That's what they say in the Log books. lines are tough. Yeah. You got to test them until they work. But it's, it could just be because I, I don't speak Australian that well, but mm. that could be it. Yeah. Well, it is, it, it is I think, a distinctly uh, Australian sounding movie for mm. sure mm. um <laughs> and yeah there's this australian movie um adrian which i would recommend and th- this film that we're talking about would be in a similar sort of tone have you heard of the castle the ca- I, it sounds familiar actually yeah it's it's an it's an iconic australian uh underdog kind of uh, you know working class family from the 90s comedy maybe? from the 90s yeah, yeah. good i should watch it yeah, I, I would say I would recommend it. Yeah, mm. funny. It's, yeah, it's funny. Eric Banner is in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm writing it down. Okay, nice one. So, what else is going on, man? Are you playing much music at the moment? Hmm. No, <laughs> that's that's the one thing. You know, uh, you guys are writers. You know, 
Mm. You know, the whole concept, kill your darlings. Mm. Yes, kill your music, darlings. Music was just taking up too much of my time. It was just, it, you know, it, it was great. And I played music for 20 years plus. But I just, I have to just focus on other things right now. I mean, mm. I play every once in a while, but not, yeah. not, not the regular, like, four or five hours a night type thing, you know, the... And going to see shows, yeah. You know, and mm. have you still got the um, studio in Brooklyn? Like, is that is that your is that your place, or did you you lose that? Not lose it, get rid of it. So, yeah. So that was my home, and and what I thought would be my forever home. I thought I was going to die there in Brooklyn, mm. but since I moved to a farm and to be in nature, I I've never thought I would, but I'm I'm now renting it out. Luckily, I um, I found someone who could rent it and use the studio. So he's, he's building okay. a little business out of it. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, check it out, safeandsoundstudios.com. Nice. Um, he's, he's creating a nice little operation there. Cool. And that way, if, if I rented it to someone else, they may want to turn the studio into, I don't know, you know, a laundry room or something. So... Mm. Uh, Luckily, I get to, you know, the, the legacy of the, of the studio gets to live on. Oh, that's excellent. And has there, been, has there been an adjustment? How's like, I'm curious to know how you're finding living out with the Bogans in rural Austin. Man, I got to tell you, it, um, it's, 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 a, it's a trip. I mean, I, I, I literally grew up in you know, like a street rap, you know, was just pounding the pavement and... In retrospect, I was like, that's no way to raise a kid, man. Like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> but it's not like, look, you guys you guys have so many nice parks and, you know, mm. like just a lot of, it's just a different vibe. New York is depraved of, deprived of, of, of I mean, there's Central Park, but you have to be, at, you know, near it. To, to, otherwise, there's not really, in the rest of the city, there's not a lot, especially in Brooklyn. Mm. Um and I didn't have any viable nature skills, you know. I, I like the idea of it, and as I started getting into sustainability and environmentalism, I was like, yes, we should all be connected to nature. But meanwhile, I wasn't living that way. So now mm. that I'm living here, it's a, basically a crash course, man. I, mm. I'm learning to, you know, farm, plant trees, like keep them alive. I got, I got 400 trees that I'm taking care of right now oh. that we planted. The, the, the garden... Um, I wrangled my first poisonous snake. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yes. Damn. Dude. Yeah. Um, and because, you know, that's what you have to do. You know, there's... Did you have like a tool for that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if you, I've seen, um, I've seen videos of people just doing it with their hands. They'll, um, what will they do? They'll, they'll somehow, they'll, they'll Mm. Somehow they'll they'll uh, they'll put something like a long stick near their neck to, as a distraction or something, and then they'll grab the tail and they'll hold it upside down. And when this, the snake is upside down, they can't really they're disoriented. And you gotta, I think I think that's what you do. You gotta <laughs> corkscrew them, and then they they can't sort of get their head together and then you just like drop them in the bucket. So you can do that, but I, I have one of the long tongs that mm. I use. Yeah. Okay. I'd be getting the longest set of those you can find. <laughs> yeah. The biggest tong possible. Yeah. I listened to a, <clears throat> to a great um, podcast that you did uh, yesterday, Adrian, uh, uh, the great unlearn, which I watched on YouTube. Um, it was a really awesome chat. And one thing like, you know, I, I, I don't want to, uh, to you know we don't need to go too far into it but one one interesting part of the entourage story that i didn't know about was when the audition came through you didn't want to you had no interest whatsoever in fact you tried not to go for it (laughs) yeah well in the spirit of this podcast Mm. you know i was a punk kid you know i was Mm. just anti-establishment you know fuck the world i'll do it my own way rock and roll you know uh and I was actually, yeah, I was down in, um, in Mexico. I was sneaky. I was actually sneaking over to Cuba because you know, Americans aren't allowed to go to Cuba. Um, 
Yeah. That's a whole other conversation. But uh, <laughs> so I was sneaking into Cuba to make a documentary about Cuban hip hop. And that, you know, if you're, if you're, um, you know, if your audience is into to music, which I imagine they are. Mm. Th- so these guys down in, in, um, in Cuba, they don't, they don't have access to American or, or, you know, the only way they can get access to American hip hop, which is, you know, basically where, you know, rap was, was created in, in the United States is by getting these weak ass transistor radios and dialing it so they could barely pick up the faint transmission from radio stations off of Miami. And they would get these like really faint, crappy recordings on, on cassette tapes. Then they'd dub them, make lots of copies, and then pass them around. And so that's how wow. they had uh, access and, um, you know, sort of were influenced by American music. And then there's this whole super pure underground hip hop scene in Cuba. So I was like, that's super interesting. And I was going to do that. And then, um, and then I got this email about this show called Entourage on HBO. And I'm like, okay, cool, indie, like rugged hip hop from Cuba against all odds or, <laughs> you know, con- commercialism, consumerism, douchebags riding around in a Hummer. Yeah. You know, so, so I was like, yeah. yeah, no, I'm good. Thanks. But, yeah. you know, I was broke. So I was like, at a certain point, I, I got smart, I guess. And I was like, okay, I'll take the money. I need the money. And I went and I, and I just, I bit the bullet. But it was, a, you know, six year commitment to that show. And that six years turned into 10 and a movie. So, mm. uh, Huge faithful, huge, faithful decision. Faithful mm-hmm. decision, very, yeah. I mean, it's, I think, like you said in that podcast, you know, it's led you to sitting in the chair that you're sitting in right now. It's a lovely chair, by the way. <laughs> that is a lovely chair. This is my, my partner's chair, actually. She is, this is her office. I'm in the corner over there because I'm mostly out on the land. So, yeah. um, and she's, she's studying acupuncture, if you wanted to know what all that ah. stuff is oh. back there. That's awesome. cool. I um I had acupuncture for the first time a few months ago and it was amazing. It's incredible. I need to go back. I stopped because of various yeah. reasons. But I did too, Todd. I had it for the first time probably about three months ago. I wonder. Oh. I bet you it was on the same day. Yeah, probably. Probably. It really works. It's like it. It's it's re calibrated so much shit in me. It was amazing. It hurts a little bit more than I thought it would. Like it does well, feel like a needle. Well. Heaps of them, I was like, I can't feel that. And then one shot this pain up my leg. <laughs> I was like, is that supposed to happen? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I was a little bit worried and kind of like didn't go away, but I didn't say anything. Mm. All right, guys. I, I, I sense a date coming on here. You guys mm. watch Hedwig and <laughs> yeah. Ringe and then go get some acupuncture or vice versa. Yes. Maybe the opposite way. Fuck yeah. All right. That's done. We're on, Jamie. Yeah. Um. Adrian, I was also thinking it would be useful, you know, like often I, I think times when people are discussing spiritual, spiritual concepts, um, it, can ha- it can have a tendency to seem uh, or undesirable for a, a, a long list of reasons probably, but I think some, oftentimes it can sound like lofty, like it can, it can feel like as though something that's like, where do you start? Mm. Um, like, what do you, what, what, yeah, okay, great. I get that, like, there's value in spirituality, but what do I actually do, right? And so, like, what would you say to, to young, young people in general? Um, uh, you know, as like a, what, what, what would a, a starting point be in your, in your mind for like, you know, for someone who's interested in exploring that? Yeah, I mean, I could totally see that, you know, how a lot of this, uh, you know, spirituality can feel uh, intangible or airy-fairy, particularly with, like, the masculine energy. It's like, we want something we can put our hands on and, like, you know, 
feel it. You know, so I what I what I'd say is one thing that helped me is I got in the dirt. I started I grounded myself by actually putting my ass to work. You know, and not not like abstract work, but like actually going to build something or or grow something or um, just work with your hands. You know, where where it's like the mind body connection. Just mm. as a just like and that is meditation, right? That is mm. A meditation or go out and climb something or go to the gym and lift some heavy stuff. Um, so first, just like getting yourself into your body. And, you know, someone might say, oh, you got to be like in your body, man. And that's like, that's one way to say it. But like literally like this is your instrument. This is what you use when you navigate the world. And this is when you like, this is the thing that you, this is your vehicle when you accomplish your goals and when you, ta- you know, you know, protect your family or change the world or whatever you, or even just when you show up to work and you're trying to create a business or any number of things. So start with the body, physicality. Um, I think that's always a a great way to start. And, Mm. and then the, the other thing I'd say is, is if there's only one GoPro died, if there's only one, esoteric or intangible spiritual thing to do it's to tell the truth be honest and that alone (laughs) that alone you could take a lifetime trying to figure out what that is (laughs) yeah what is first of all you have to decide what is truth like there's a philosophical Mm, uh, mm. necessity there and then it's can you actually do what what you've determined is truthful or are you running scared and like Mm. always trying to get away with things and lie and or are you Mm. lying to yourself are you all all of the things that if you want to actually navigate the world accurately you need to be honest about what it is and if you want to enlist Mm. allies and friends to come and help you and build help you build a thing you need to be able to articulate that in an honest way, um, mm-hmm. be honest with them, and then assess where you're at. If yeah, if, if you're lying yourself and be like head in the sand, uh, you know, I always just use business um, analogies because you know a lot of well, I'm interested in business, but when you're operating a business, if you're not honest about your your revenue that year or, or, you know, your expenses and the waste and and the fact that your partner is not holding his weight and you need to fire that one employee. If you're not honest about that, your whole business will, you know, collapse. Mm -hmm. Um, So I say, get in your body, get honest with yourself and be of service. Like, how can I help? Like what, what can you do to help Mm -hmm. others? Because when you when yes. you help others, you tap into the fundamental thing that makes us humans, which is collaboration. Mm. You know, we've thought we've we've been grown, we've been conditioned to think that you know, especially capitalism, it's like rugged individuality, kill or be killed, like this um, Darwinian framework of the world. But really, mm. we as humans, the, the one thing, just think about it, the one thing that makes us different from all other mammals is that we work together and that we don't kill each other, <laughs> that we actually are able to collaborate, come together on shared consensus reality, like what is the world? Oh, and what do we want to build? That So we, we're tool makers. We build tools to accommodate or to, you know, to accommodate certain circumstances. So be mm. a service so that you can enlist others and they, you know, ingratiate yourself to them. So that, I mean, that's not why you do it, but together you make the world better Mm. and you you can accomplish things together. Awesome. The three, three great tangible, tangible, you know, bits of information there. I think the being of service to others as well, like doesn't mean that you have to go and uh, start an orphanage as well. It's like, you can do it in really simple ways and that's that that's that's what i've learned from mm. from my my sort of mentors um it's been like being of service means like 
when you're lying on your ass watching the Olympics and your partner gets up to do the dishes, maybe get up and do them first or or get up and grab Together. the tea towel or whatever. Yeah. yeah, you know, just like picking up the slack, helping yeah. helping in simple helping thinking of others in simple ways. Yeah. I think that's also like comes down to <clears throat> not putting yourself as the center of the universe in that way too. It's sort of aligns through there. So it's sort of like that's that was a big sort of it's been a big learning point for me. Just sort of mm. you're not the center of the universe. So by by um, helping others and being of service, you kind of remove yourself out of that. Mm-hmm. And white robes and crown of flowers is optional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, we should. We we we'll we'll, we'll let you go in, in a minute, Adrian. I, I I um I want to touch on on you know you came to my apartment one day. You said, well, first of all, we went out for breakfast one morning, and you said, and we were talking about the fact that we're both in you know like uh, musicians. And you said, we should have a jam. And I was like, <laughs> I was, uh, I remember you going like, we don't have to if you don't want to based on what my face did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but because uh, like, you know, just not really, uh, there's, 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 kind of, there's like jamming musicians and then there's just not jamming musicians. I'm probably in the not jamming musicians category, I think. But, um, but I was like, no, fuck it. That sounds... Why not? You could, you know, mm. that sounds fun. Mm. Go on then. So you came, you came over, and we wrote a song, <laughs> um, and recorded it. And um, it, like the the you were just sort of like improvising the vocals for it. I remember, and sort of you know making them up on the spot. And I don't know <laughs> if you want to. We can. I can scrap this part of the podcast. I, we don't have to play the song, whatever. But like, the, is the this going to be the, the new theme but, song for your? For, <laughs> your new theme well, <laughs> well, yeah. I'm thinking we, you know, we could we could close out the episode with it because that'd be pretty, um, pretty funny and pretty interesting. The one thing I've come to discover about playing music is anybody who has ever played music has that initial fear of like being, you know, having to perform, you know. Uh, what is it like performance anxiety you know so um once you push through that fear and that self-narcissism you know like me 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 like it's all about me it's like no no yes i'm giving my music to the world i'm sharing my voice uh great things happen and i'm i I guess I'm, i'm i'm saying i'm not expecting it to be good (laughs) <laughs> and that's okay yeah 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 no <laughs> totally mm. yeah yeah it doesn't well in, in collaboration in that sense when it comes to music um like because todd and i have played in a band together for 10 years now and you know somewhat ironically we all the music that we write in our band is written from jams like we don't we, we write mm. some songs at home and bring them to the band but most of them are written in the room together in collaboration but I'm so used to writing with those guys that like I, you know, well, you know what it's like when you're writing and you're trying to write vocals and you're just singing gibberish and you're singing bad melodies and, you know, whatever. But I'm so uh, accustomed to doing that in front of that group of uh, men that it just doesn't even register anymore. But then you you get into a situation with someone who you haven't worked with before and all of a sudden you've got, you're just like mm. naked. and and it's it is it's a really good challenge because you get to register all the fear that's coming up, you know, and examine it properly, and then act in the face of fear with courage and actually, you know, try to uh, to you get to practice letting that go. So it's it's a really like valuable thing to do, I think. Yeah, that's why you gave me that look, I guess, because you knew you were going to have to get naked with me, N- n- naked in the soul. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but the, the the lyrics you were singing that day. Oh no! What were they? Well, I, I don't. They they were just. I chose this one. I chose this woman. Yeah, on, yeah. On loop, remember? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because I yeah. was getting back together with my my ex. Yeah. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was. It was. Um. It was really cool. It was like. It was really honest and really primal. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, permission 
to, to play it if that's what you're getting at. Um, and everybody permission yeah. to turn it off at any point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Permission to turn it up loud. That too. That too. Um, and it's Drank it. I was um I was I was showing my partner Kate the song and uh and she was like, What's what's Adrian singing? And I said, I chose this woman. He's kind of like, I guess, you know, musing on the fact that he's just getting back with his partner and he's made a decision. And she's like, This this sounds like the soundtrack to an orgy. (laughs) (laughs) If if only it were true. Yeah, Yeah, I'm looking forward to Hearing, I, I don't think I've heard it since. So um. nice. Well, I'll, I'll tag it on to the end of the podcast. Cool. Um, well, we 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 can we can let, we can we can release you back into the wild now, Adrian. I got one more quick question. Oh, one more quick thing before we let you go. Um, do you know just on the topic of spirituality and by the fact that you're living near Austin in the farm now? Um, it reminds me of Ryan Holiday, who lives kind of out that way. Are you across him, or do you know him? Yeah, he's a buddy of mine. Yeah, um, we're maybe yeah. I mean, we maybe eight minutes away from each other. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's cool. Um, yeah, because Jamie and I we're big fans of his, and sort of been pretty instrumental in sort of our learning and adopting adoption of like a lot of the stuff we've been talking about. So yeah, well, I just. Wanted to Todd, yeah. you introduced me to the Daily Stoic. Yeah. Which is a you know, like a really fantastic book. Mm. Um and we we've spoken about it a lot on pod and I and I think you know, a lot of our um listeners have become interested in that book as well. Mm. Um do you do you do you own a copy of that book, Adrian? Oh yeah. I own a few of his books actually. He so he started a bookstore right here. Yeah, I see. And that. um and since it's his bookstore he's basically has all his books on display in the front window. So, yeah, I have them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. He's a really interesting person, I think. I mean, similar kind of backgrounds of coming from, like, LA and stuff and then moving out to Austin to the into nature. And, yeah, um, actually, I knew Ryan from LA, from a different, totally different life. For sure. Yeah, I actually met him quite a few years ago back down at um, South by Southwest down there. And he's actually on the topic of business and advisor to um, a company I have as well. So it's interesting little crossover of, of worlds there. Are you guys going to come out to South by one of these days or come visit? That'd be nice. Yeah, for sure. That's, we'd love yeah, to. I think that's on the cards at some point in the next couple of years. If mm. mommy and daddy government let you do what you got to do. Yeah. Exactly, man. We just went back into a, our sixth Melbourne lockdown as of last night. I, mm. I'm so sorry, man. I feel for you so, so, so deeply that it's, mm. we, we can have that conversation, but it would probably take a whole nother podcast. It's, yeah. it's only a week. It, and, you know, I've got to say we're like, for better or worse, quite accustomed to them now. It sort of just rolls off the back. <laughs> oh, well. So, um, Adrian, what a great punk. Thank you so much. Thank you. For taking the time. It's been a really lovely conversation. Bye, guys. See you, yeah. man. Ciao. Bye.